Welcome to 153 Great Podcasts, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. <clears throat> it's another edition here of Christian Menorah. And uh, I guess I'm putting out a urgent message to all believers that uh, are experiencing uh, uncertainty about what's happening in the economy with COVID-19. Let me just give you a short explanation. Uh, COVID-19 has shut down the American economy for the last uh, two and a half months and that uh, the government has had to go into the bond markets to borrow money to stay afloat. You'll notice that nobody's been laid off at the federal level or the state level and that uh, those payrolls have to be met. So in order to get somebody to buy the debt, the uh, the foreign buyers have backed out of the bond market and the people that are buying the bonds are in fact the Federal Reserve. They're buying it with money they are creating out of thin air. Uh, normally when the government does this, this is called quantitative easing or printing of money. But the Federal Reserve is doing this to uh, preserve the economy and keep the US dollar afloat. Now it's very likely that something will happen to cause one of the 10 Federal Reserve Banks to go belly up. If that happens, they'll go to a great rescue to try to rescue the dollar again. And uh, we've already seen, uh, I think, upwards of $6 trillion being printed out of thin air to rescue the U.S. economy from the COVID-19 crisis. So when the government is sending out money to stimulate the economy again. That money is not coming from taxpayers. It's not coming from foreign buyers of debt. It's coming from the Federal Reserve, just printing it out of thin air, which is going to bring us tremendous inflation. Um, you don't have to believe me. You can believe this next financial expert who has just recently published an article uh, a couple days ago about what's about to happen. So I hope you'll stay tuned and listen to what he has to say. Uh, I made sure that this article was read by a computer voice, so you may have to slow it down if it's a little hard for you to understand, um, but uh, you can always look the guy up and, and read it. So uh, enjoy the podcast. God bless you. The U.S. dollar, the final act Frank Giestra Thursday, May 14, 2020, 1142 Kitco Commentaries, Opinions, Ideas, and Markets Talk The story of reserve currencies is long and stretches far back into ancient times. But as modern history shows, the average lifespan of reserve assets is just around 100 years. Cases in point, the French Lever and the Dutch Gilder. The end is always caused by overspending on wars, overconsumption, excessive debt, and easy credit. Sound familiar? I was asked about this in an interview last summer and my response was that, while it is inevitable, the decline of the US dollar was still many years away. Of course, that was before the COVID-19 pandemic and the US fiscal and monetary response to the crisis it created. I doubt we will emerge from this calamity and its prolonged economic impact with the current system intact. Why? I'll try to put it simply and focus only on the important, big-picture dynamics. Seemingly overnight, the novel coronavirus has brought the global economy to a standstill and the United States is experiencing unemployment levels not seen since the 1930s. The difference between then and now is the sheer scale of the U.S. government's reaction to the pandemic.
it's unlike anything we have seen in our lifetimes. In effect, its approach has been to do whatever it takes to ensure the system does not implode. Translation, there is no limit to deficit spending and money printing. It is an understandable and predictable reaction. The problem is that we've entered this crisis devoid of the necessary tools needed to rescue the economy without destroying the U.S. currency at the same time. I started writing about this eventuality back in 2001, when the first signs of the kind of monetary and fiscal behavior that would lead to ever-increasing moral hazard became evident. I said then that rising deficits coupled with tax cuts and artificially low interest rates were setting the stage for a financial accident. We got that in spades with the 2008 financial crisis. Despite its devastation, we were spared a depression similar to the aftermath of the 1929 crash because the Fed printed a lot of new money to create a floor to underpin the economy. But there is eventually a price to pay for all that money printing and others, such as famed hedge fund manager Ray Dalio, voiced the same concerns. To soothe this uneasiness, the Fed assured the public that this was only a temporary policy and that as soon as the economy stabilized, they would normalize interest rates and take all of the extra money out of the system. But they never did. Last year I wrote two articles, Dancing on the Edge of the Precipice and Gold, The Unfortunate Final Refuge, warning my readers that we were in near-term danger of another financial accident, saying so, what might trigger the next crisis? And why won't we have the tools we had in 2008 to prevent a total collapse? The next crisis can start out of nowhere. It can be triggered by the failure of a financial institution, a made-at-home political crisis, or a serious geopolitical event. Anything that removes the cloak of confidence that the entire financial system is based on. I would have never guessed a pandemic would be the trigger event, but the cause was never the point. It was bound to be something. The response by the U.S. government in 2008 set us up for the next crisis. Specifically, quantitative easing and other policy measures continued beyond the point at which stability was reached. The effect was to create overheated markets and render the traditional tools for influencing monetary policy ineffective. We were destined to be in trouble once the next crisis came. Cue the COVID-19 pandemic. The policy response to COVID-19 and its ensuing effects on financial markets and the real economy was akin to the bad guy throwing his gun at the protagonist when he runs out of bullets. It began with over $2 trillion of newly printed money that will certainly be increased and a fiscal stimulus plan of another $2 trillion that is likely to increase to $4 to $5 trillion. Democrats and Republicans are united on this and I don't see us ever going back to sub-$1 trillion deficits. Unchallenged massive deficit spending is much too easy. There is no debate on where this money will come from. In fact, the money needed for all this stimulus doesn't exist. The government needs to borrow it and there aren't enough real lenders in the market to buy all of those treasury bills. For decades, the US has been able to fund its deficits because the rest of the world was happy to invest in US treasuries in order to sell Americans their exports, a vendor finance, if you will. With treasuries yielding effectively zero and money printing in overdrive, I don't think foreign buyers will continue to fund American profligacy. As I said a decade ago, 
the day would come that the Fed would be the buyer of U.S. government debt of last resort and ultimately, the only buyer. All of that debt and the concurrent money printing is indistinguishable, as the debt is being monetized, regardless. These decisions are being made with zero regard to future consequences. The objective is the same, to avoid drowning at any cost, even if that means pulling the lifeboat under with everyone in it. Judging by the rally in equities since the Fed took action, at least they will save the stock market, which should make the 1% happy. For the moment. I don't think we have seen the beginning of defaults and insolvencies in corporate America yet. The idea that we will have a V-shaped recovery is fantasy. I predict the Fed balance sheet will be $10 trillion by year end. I will say it again. The Fed will never ever be able to normalize interest rates and will never unwind its bloated balance sheet. That is a mathematical certainty. While I thought we might have crossed the event horizon, with respect to monetary policy after 2008, we are now squarely in the center of a black hole. Policymakers made the fatal error long ago, choosing a series of Pyrrhic wins and inevitably losing the war. I can't see how we emerge from the post-COVID-19 crisis and its irreparable damage to the reputation of the US dollar without some new global monetary system. The unthinkable is now inevitable. The US is making the same mistakes made by Argentina, Venezuela, and countless countries and empires throughout history. Creating a new system will not be easy, likely, it will be very messy. What that will look like is anyone's guess. Perhaps a trading unit consisting of a basket of currencies and slash or commodities. And of course, the only currency that has survived throughout the millennia, gold. You've been listening to 153greatpodcast.com, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Please subscribe, and better yet, help us by contributing. God bless you.